Welcome to Man Overboard Fitty Ain't Nothing But a Number Yo with your host Language Barrel. Sponsored by the Wolf's Pack, America's by invitation only men's friendship support and networking group. Where the one become many and the many become one. Here, they put the man back in human. Hello everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Man Overboard, Fitty Ain't Nothing But a Number, Yo. I'm your host, Language Barrel, and as typical with the format of this show, we first start off with graduate school, then we talk a little bit about the dating situation, we dab a little bit in dating, next up we talk about any business or just general projects that we're currently working on. Travel, if there's any travel involved or any upcoming travel. We also talk about health and fitness. Lastly, we close the program out with some words of wisdom and a little bit of funk music or whatever type of music we deem appropriate for that particular episode. So if you're ready, buckle up and let's get this party started. Hello everyone, welcome back to Fitty. Ain't nothing but a number, yo, with your host, Language Barrel. As typical with the format of the show, we start off at graduate school. I think during the last podcast I had mentioned I was in the second summer semester and I was due to take economic analysis for managers. So I ended up taking that course and I must say by far that was the most difficult course in the MBA catalog. Um, thinking in hindsight, I was thinking I was lucky I didn't select either economic analysis, accounting, or finance, financial um, management for managers because I think I would have probably been put on probation. Two out of the three courses, I think I got a C in it, and the required, the mandated average for the MBA program is 3.0. So had I taken those two in the beginning, it's very likely that I would not have completed the MBA program. But having taken other courses, uh, writing courses and some other math courses prior to that, I was able to build up sufficient uh, educational or academic buffer that allowed me to kind of work my way through those um, those courses that I actually did not have a 3.0 average. Just talk a little bit about the economics anal analysis course. I think it's really inappropriate for students who are obtaining a general MBA in business to actually take that course. I think that was a very difficult graduate level um, graduate level course that seemed more suitable for someone with a specialization in either economics or financial, uh, obtaining a financial MBA. But we were able to get through it. I ended up studying five days or six days a week for that course, at least two hours per day, and then taking a six-hour tutoring session uh, that enabled me to get through that course. So without those resources, it was no way I would have actually got through that course. But luckily, through to through just to some luck and diligence and assistance from an excellent tutor, I was able to get through the course with a B and actually get graduate and get my MBA um, degree. So one of the reasons I particularly chose this university, University of Louisiana or Louisiana State at Shreveport, 
is because they had an on-site, uh, they have an on-site graduation ceremony. So I ended up with my daughter driving 17 hours, something like 1,200 miles to go to that graduation. We drove down on a Wednesday, got there on Thursday, stayed Friday night, and then drove back over the weekend. It's a bit of an ordeal for me to attend that. It was a four-hour ceremony and a 34-hour round-trip from Washington, D.C. to Shreveport and back with my daughter. But it was something, it was an experience that I wanted my daughter to see her parent participate in, as well as I wanted to set some expectations for her, not necessarily as a master's degree, but just that education is important, and it is so important. I wanted to see that we had to go through that ordeal together to reap the benefits of walking down the aisle and receiving our, our master's degree diploma. So that's it for graduate school. I'm completely done. I have my MBA. Now comes the hard part. We start trying to find a career that we can actually utilize the education that we gained from that MBA. Okay, next up, we're going to talk about dating. So I think in the last podcast, I also mentioned that I had hired a matchmaker in Bogota. So the time after I went after graduate school, I think I finished graduate school on like the 15th and on 22nd, I flew to Bogota to meet my matchmaker. So I actually chronicled that whole experience. It's five podcasts along with a six podcast where I actually evaluated the matchmaking service on YouTube. So I'm not really going to go into it too much here other than to say that the women I met were extraordinary. It's unfortunate that we could not make some type of a connection because uh, I was contracted to meet 10 women. I ended up meeting four. It was contracted that they would set up five day dates. You know, it would be a date scheduled for me for five days. It ended up being three. But I still would have to admit that the women I made that I met there were very very well educated, warm, kind, you know, as in life, things don't always work out the way we want them to work out, but it doesn't negate, it doesn't have to negate the beauty of the experience. So it was a wonderful experience. Would I do it again? Not with this particular matchmaking agency because um, unfortunately they didn't uphold their end of the bargain. It would go contractually, but that was nothing against the women that I met who I believe were total catch or total match for the right person sometime down the line or whatever they choose to find a life partner. Trip to Europe. I mentioned also that I'm going to be retiring in Europe in four years. I'm going to really need to start focusing on the four countries that are really on my list, Italy, Portugal, Spain, and France as places of retirement. As I also mentioned, I'd like to have a little small coffee house or bistro or cafe, which will be named after my mother. I'm leaning very heavily towards the Mediterranean Sea because i kind of taken now with nice weather, sun, being close to the ocean, not necessarily on the ocean, but being close enough and uh, running my own business. And so I think this is the opportunity for me to make that happen. Again, I have four years and three and a half years before I can retire but I need to start laying some groundwork. So I'm going to need to start making some more frequent trips to Europe to figure out exactly where I want to end up. Projects. There are no new projects around the house. It turns out I'm probably going to have to pay someone to finish off my fence and to put the steps in my front yard because it doesn't seem like I have the desire or the fortitude to do it myself. So I may have to just contract that out. Health. As I mentioned on my last podcast, I had a health exam before I went to Columbia. My PSA or prostate specific antigen test was a little elevated, so I had some concern, but I actually talked to my new physician that I went to see subsequent to that visit as a follow-up, and she said that it's actually not that elevated. They're going to keep an eye on it, but the more concerning thing she was worried about was my A1C, which is can be used as a marker for diabetes if it's if it's elevated or above normal limits. So mine was in the pre-diabetic range, so she was more concerned about that than she was about the PSA uh, being slightly elevated. And I mentioned to her that uh, I 
started a keto the keto diet where I really curtail a lot of the carbohydrates and was going to be eating a lot more vegetables and meat and that I would be cutting down drastically on my simple sugars and just carbohydrates in general. Schedule in February to take another look at that. I think it takes about, she said, two to three months before your A1C levels will start to come down if you've taken appropriate steps. So we're, again, we're going to probably look at February to have that rechecked and see where I stand. Now, I know I would mentioned in the previous podcast also that I started this keto program and I think when I started, I was at between 240 and 245 pounds, which is pretty heavy for someone that's less than six feet tall, actually puts you in the obese category. Since that time, I've actually, my weight is now about 217, 218. So I've lost close to about 28 to 30 pounds, give or take the fluctuation on a keto diet. And this now is not really a diet. It's become more of a way of life for me. Now I do look at all the packages uh, before I purchase an item looking for things like the carbohydrate grams, which I tend to shy away from anything that has more than about eight grams of carbohydrate. Also look at simple sugars, uh, high fructose, high glucose, corn syrup, and don't really purchase any of those items that have those ingredients in it. Overall right now, my, my weight is actually pretty uh, pretty good. I'm still, for my height, I was still, according to the statistics, I would still need to be under 200 pounds. I think they said the appropriate weight is anywhere from 167 up to 199. For me, that's kind of my high school weight. That's my kind of walking around model weight. If I'm at less than 200, I'm probably walking around looking like a model. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. Uh, the last item we're going to mention is we had, uh, we talked about our gym membership. My gym membership has fallen off tremendously. I think as I mentioned before, I went through a, about a month period where I had some COVID-like symptoms but didn't test positive for COVID. That really knocked my gym uh, membership thing for a loop. I kind of lost my habits and my way just really trying to do a lot of recovery. Now that's passed and I still haven't gotten myself back into the gym routine. Uh, one of the things uh, I will mention though is I'm teaching my daughter tennis and she does roller skating. So I actually bought a pair of roller skates so I could roller skate with her to show her how the old folks used to do it back in the day. And of course, wouldn't you know it that my first day out on my roller skates, I fell on my butt and I tremendously bruised my shoulder cuff. And actually, to be honest, I thought I had it dislocated my elbow or tore uh, some tendons or ligaments in my shoulder. So after about two or three weeks, I went to see my physician and she did kind of a cursory or brief examination of my shoulder along with some range of motion and pretty much determined that based on uh, based on my current range of motion and my in it, my my ability to manipulate my uh, shoulder, it's very unlikely that I, w- that I do have a torn rotator cuff or that I did have a dislocation. It probably was just that I bruised or sprained or strained my uh, my rotator cuff in my shoulder and that with some PT and a diligent uh, exercise program that should recover, should be should recover shortly. Now, it's been two and a half weeks and I still can't lift my arm above my head, but I'm much more happier to know that it's probably not a tear or it's not a dislocation, especially the tear because I think that would have required some type of uh, shoulder surgery. So I think that does it for now. As typical with the closing of my podcast, family, I like to leave you with a little words of wisdom, and it goes a little something like this. Sacrifice. Graham Devinish. Posted 2021. With any great accomplishment comes great sacrifice. With any great sacrifice comes great hardship. <laughs>
with any great hardship comes great learning and all of that brings great reward Every day you know that we ride through the back streets of a blue